Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Joined on the phone, I got Vance. Good evening, Vance. Good evening. We have Todd. Hi, Todd. Hi. Here with bells on. Here you go. Jingle, jingle. Perfect. Jingle, jingle. All right. This podcast is brought to you by Fatty Z Muskie Products. The website is fattyzmuskie.com. On there, you can find a link to this podcast, But and if you're listening to this, you might have already known that. You can also find a link over to our store, and our store currently has in stock rod holders, not baits, but rod holders. But do you know who has baits? Muskie Tackle Online and possibly Team Rhino. Uh, those would be the places you'd want to look there, but for the rod holders, look no further than our website. And right now, I believe we have inventory of everything. Uh it's kind of getting fall. It's getting cold, you know, that if you're thinking about Christmas gifts or something for your friend or yourself, that, you know, that's, that's good. Your significant other, you know, someone in your family. Rod holders are really nice. They like, everyone likes to have a gift that's heavy. You know, you always pick it up and if it's heavy, you know, it's something good. And when you open it up, you know, you're going to have the best rod holders. How's this for an ad-libbed ad? It's great. Decent. Decent. Okay, you can shake it and you'll hear him jingle around and you'll just you'll just know that the fish are in trouble next year. So eighty pounds of dog food. That's right. Uh th- so the mu- the the fish are gonna be in trouble now that you threw me off my, my little ad there. Uh um, sorry. So if you're looking to set up a boat, feel free to contact me through the Facebook page, which is Fatty Z Musky Products or Instagram. <laughs> Uh, or you can find all the contact information from the website. And I'm going to let Todd talk a little. Yeah, not much here. we got Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com. Get a hold of us for your Chautauqua Lake fishing needs for muskies only. Uh, we're out here all season every year. And uh, a little bit of fishing in Pennsylvania, April, May. Hans and I will both be ready to do that next season. So get a hold of us. We'll do our best to get you in. We're booking up for next year already. So you know when you're coming and you know when you want to come, sooner the better. Get you on the books and we'll do our best to get you out there and get you on some fish. Have you ever thought about doing multi-species trips? Like it would I just be, I, I used to, I mean, like on Chautauqua, I mean, cause I know you guys are out there, you're pounding it all summer long. It's not an easy thing to do, but has it ever crossed your mind on those dog days when you're like, man, it'd be really cool to tuck into that shady cove and throw a bobber out and be like, Hey, the bluegills were smashing here yesterday. It really hasn't on Chautauqua to me. You know, I used to do some stuff years, 20 years ago, we used to do some striper trips that, well, hybrid stripers down there at Moraine and. You know, bait, bait fishing, we caught a lot of catfish. But the only thing that's ever intrigued me here on Chautauqua was, I know Vance has got a few gar, or at least I know one gar this year. They're a feisty fish. Mm-hmm. Figure out how to catch those. It'd be something like, let's take a let's take a half hour and catch a couple of these. And there's like 10 million of them in this lake. Well, I was always told like a oh, nylon rope. Or, or like one of yeah. those braided, like, and, and you kind of fray it, and you cast it out yep. there. You, you don't need any hooks, and you, I don't know, you jerk it around or whatever. They come up and bite it, and their teeth get tangled in 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 the the I don't yep. know the, the rope that's the material. Only can, that's the only way I can find that you can actually catch them. But there was been times when I had kids on the boat or something. It was like you're over there in Dewittville where they love to hang out, and big bar where they love to hang out. You could take a few minutes and say here do this <laughs> but i don't i don't know how to i don't think anyone even fishing toward for them out here i mean do you know how neat that'd be to be like hey we're gonna pull in all the plugs and we're putting on these hunks of rope and you're yeah. just trolling I rope like, like six inches minutes. deep <laughs> yeah. and then you got a guy off the back whatever like we talked a few weeks ago with the marlin fish and you got the teaser you pull it in and you throw the fly to it yeah you have a guy casting out the back and you're just bow mount trolling at two and a half yeah the only people i've i've come to to, to find that actually caught them and uh <clears throat> i've had them out on you know some people out on trips over the years that were like oh yeah we love fishing for those gar they're good eating there's a nice little strip of meat on the top i was like really i didn't know that 
And I was like, so how do you catch him? He's like, the garfly. It's like, so what's a garfly? Garfly is like a snagging hook. You just tie a little bit of pink or orange or yellow or red hair on it so you can see it. And then when you see the gar in the shallows, you just lay it across their back and you rip it right into their thing, you know, into their side. Now, I'm trying to think, isn't there something, I think you can shoot them with archery equipment, can't you? Yeah. Yep. No, no rules about them. There's like a, you can shoot the gar and you can shoot the carp and suckers. That's it. Okay. Now that, and there's also paddlefish out there somewhere. Paddlefish out there. I've, I've only seen one this season. I mean, how the paddlefish are doing. Now that's protected. It's just, I'm, because I'm, I'm thinking they like they caught someone caught and released a world record earlier this year in like Oklahoma or something out out that direction. I don't know if it was Oklahoma. Um, and those there's a there's a sport fishing season for them, but yeah, not now. Were they natural there or are they stocked? Well, they're stocked now. They were natural to the lake. How do they, I mean, okay, I'm going down some crazy holes here. How did they get there in the first place? I don't know, but they're, they're natural to the whole Allegheny River system. So maybe, man, I don't know. Big I mean, bang you, theory. You, you see what yeah, I'm bang. saying? It's like, if this is the yeah. highest lake, whatever, east of the Rockies or something like that, mm-hmm. how did anything get in there? Yeah, that's why there's, I mean, there's supposed to be limited types of fish in here. It's the headwaters of the whole thing, or part of the headwaters of the whole, you know, Gulf of Mexico river system. Uh, but yeah, there used to be paddlefish. There's a, there's some stories of, you know, under, like there was 106 pound paddlefish caught in 18 something, and I've seen pictures of it. And yeah, it was probably dated 130 years old too. Yeah, but they but they they were through the whole Allegheny River system, and then ten fifteen years ago they raised some and they tried to get them reinstalled into the system, and they stalked them down through the whole Allegheny River system. And I see pictures; I've seen pictures, and people, you know, uh, all the way down through Pittsburgh and everything. They 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 stalked the whole system, but they used to put five hundred a year in here just to try to get get them reinstated. And there was times when I saw lots of them swimming around on top i had one slam into the side of my boat one time but i saw one this year have you seen any vance i actually saw one today uh did you yep in the protected area that we were fishing i saw it snows and in that area i did see a dead one and it was uh relatively small um so i don't know if they're reproducing or if it was just birds are still stalking yeah i haven't heard they're still stalking yeah yeah I don't even know if they can reproduce. I don't know. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know that either. Man, it must not be good eating all that blue green algae. They kind of swim well, with their mouth they, open, don't they? That's what they eat. That was like that's what they eat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought they yeah. eat some plankton. I don't know. Who knows? Algae, you know. plankton, stuff like that. So I. So they, you're, so you're, you're talking? Not, you could have Franken monsters out there, especially with the pea soup that they got going. You can actually watch them grow. Yeah. Oh, they should get very fat out here if they're eating algae. It would probably do better than the algae-eating boat that they tried to launch that, that were over. They were towing, towing around. Yeah. yeah. It's probably a half a million dollar study. But uh, So, yeah. Let's talk about the paddlefish for a second. When they first put them in, they had signs at all the launches. Like, you know, if you see fish, report it. I wasn't even at this campground. I was at another campground. So I had to drive by the the uh, hatchery all the time. So maybe a couple times I stopped in. Hey, saw a paddlefish, you know, dead. And so the one time I, I, I went in and I was like, I saw a paddlefish dead down in Mayville. And they're like, really? When? You know, where is it? I said, I don't know. I saw it yesterday. It was floating, but the wind's blowing 20 miles an hour. I have no idea where it is now. And, uh, <clears throat> oh, here you go. And this guy gave me his number from the state. And he's like, if you, 
if you find if you find one again, call this number and you know you're not supposed to bring one board, but if you find a dead one, there's a computer chip in the in the snout, like out in the in the snout of them. So this is sort of getting back to Vance and I talking about the bush with the uh, dead muskies. This guy's like. Even even if it's real badly decayed, just cut that snout off. We can get a lot of information. So I'm, you know, and then he gives me all this stuff, and I'm like, so I'm really going to be doing a charter. I'm going to grab a machete, <laughs> cut the snout off a paddlefish, and throw it in the boat somewhere. Oh, hey guys, we got to stop fishing. I was like, I'm not going to do this, <laughs> but I have the information still in my wallet. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> it's like the dead muskie. There's a really What's nice came? big muskie floating around down south and i really wanted the jaw but the people i was with as like as i'm trolling by i was like well that's a nice jaw there buddy mm-hmm. you like jaws and uh i'd really like to wear your skin yeah what if <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to stop chop your head off but <laughs> what if that wasn't a thing anymore uh like with the paddlefish and you tried to revisit it like yeah. years down the line because that was probably like four years ago or something there's a paddlefish and you chopped its nose off and yeah. now it's like completely illegal and you're walking in with it like cords <laughs> well, no, and juice it, dripping out of it this is, me, this is, but this is like 10 years ago he said this is totally illegal but you know i'm going to give you my number so you can do this for us if you want and i was like okay yeah i won't do that but I'll pretend. I'll, I'll agree. I'll nod yes yeah. as, as you're giving me this. Yeah, then later you see. I saw. I remember seeing one up at the bridge. That's back when they were like 40, 45 inches long. Saw a dead one there, and like, yeah, I'm not calling this guy. I'm not dropping this nose off. To go a little bit further off the beaten path here, talking about <laughs> chopping those fish's heads off. I know of a fella who. Um, I'm not going to give too much details. He has um, a manatee skull. How he, wow. how he acquired this manatee skull is driving his boat somewhere where there's manatees. He saw a dead one. So like any normal person, he was like a pirate. I, I'm assuming he put the knife blade in his mouth. He jumped over the side of the boat, went up to a floating dead sea cow and cut its head off, threw it in the boat, and then <laughs> boiled the meat off of it. And he has a manatee skull. That's insane. <laughs> and legal. It's probably very legal. But oh yeah, wow. very legal. Yep. Anyways, that's incredible. Anyways, so Muddy Creek fishing guides—you never know what you might run into with us. Mm-hmm. Chopping heads yep. off muskies, hiding them in bushes, or chopping them off of dead paddlefish. Listening to your favorite tunes from LL Coolbart. LL Coolbart, <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, that's not that's not time for that yet. That's I know. Muddy. Drop and drop if in you your do, rhymes. If you do uh, come out with us, you'll be fishing out of Ranger Boats. Big shout out to them. Uh, for sponsoring the show in Muddy Creek. Get all your Ranger boat needs at Vic Sports Center in Kent, Ohio. Um, check them out. If you want a boat, uh, order one soon because, again, another week has passed. Production is up. Production is down. Demand is up. I always freaking mix those up. Anyway, they're hard to get right now. So just if you want a boat down the line, Give it a share, a fair shake. So, um, also, Stankroy rods, best rods on earth. We use them up, beat them up, uh, and they fix them up for us. So, check them out. Excellent. My wife, I just talked to my wife. The back ordered rod that I had, I can't remember what I ordered, but I had one on back order, and she said, You got a new rod here at the house. So, we got there our order. Yes, we got the order. There you go. Have Have you guys noticed that, like, there's a, at least, okay, I'm going to speak for myself before I form it into a question. 
there's a lot of stuff that I order for a lot of various reasons throughout the day. And when I see a package with my name on it and I don't recognize the address, do you ever catch yourself like, I wonder what's in this? And you open it up and and, oh, yeah. and, and then there's a, there's a moment in time where I get a, just like the, the clouds part and this clarity hits me. I'm like, did I really need this if I forgot about what it could have been coming in the mail? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like your rod came in. I don't even know which one that was. Yeah. Well, I de- I'm sure that's why my wife, you know, there's packages showing up at her house all the time through Amazon and all this stuff. But, uh, I think she gets the hint when the rock, when the box is like nine feet long. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's why she was like, I think you got a rod. Like, well, yeah, unless you ordered a tube steak. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, who, 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 who wants the footlongs? Those yeah. just aren't big enough. Did you order, did you order the uh, subway? Oh, the, the super submarines, those five-foot subs. Yeah, that super thing. You order two of them and they put them in to end. Yeah, it's probably a rod. Yeah. Extra meat, but... Yeah. Mayonnaise sitting in the sun. Be delicious. Oh, yeah. So, anyways. <laughs> how's Muskie's Inc.? Muskie's Inc. is always great. I don't have a big story. I don't have any wrapping, but we'll go yo-yo up, down, anyhow. Uh, get a hold of your local chapter. What I hear, uh, they're going to have the casting tournament up here in a couple weeks. Uh, heard that through the grapevine. Haven't heard it officially, but uh, all these clubs are putting on their, you know, trying to do what they can with these tournaments. So much you can get out of your musky ink chapter. You can work with your local fisheries. The more everybody gets involved the more you're going to be able to get done. So, you know, if you're into musky fishing, you definitely should get into a musky ink chapter locally, unaffiliated, however you do it. But, uh, and the more you get involved, the more your chapter is going to be able to achieve. And it's helping us throughout the whole country. It's been doing it for 50 some years now. So very important. It is. And a lot of these nonprofits are, have been taking a hit during this sure. past year. So um, yep. it's it's good to have them around. And, uh, you know, I, I strongly urge anyone to become a member or renew membership to help keep these clubs alive. And it's not just with Muskie's Inc. There's a lot of other nonprofits that do need members, you know, retention and re-upping, uh, renewing. That's a better word. So anyways... All right. It's been a windy day today. It's it's kind of it to me I I you know it was a bit breezy. It was a bit breezy, but it it's kind of a I know we've been talking about the weather and we sound like old men here. We haven't been getting the rain we should be getting for fall, but we got the wind today and we sure got a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Did that do <laughs> anything for the fishing? Other than make get- it difficult. Like, uh, honestly, we did half the day today, and it was relatively nice, just a little sprinkle. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, at noon, mm-hmm. just gale force gusts uh, just took over the lake. It was it was pretty impressive. It was. You know, it, it, um, I was just like, you know, this this sucks. I can't believe you get wind like this up here still up on the mountain, but in all this different weather, but um it was ho- it was hollering. It stopped my boat at points. You know, I was going X amount autopilot on, yeah. Yeah, it it stopped my boat. Uh so by stopping your boat, ex- explain that. It it took like three miles down. If I was going four miles an hour, it took me down to one something at points. So w- when that's happening, is it better just to bear the throttle down, or do you just turn and go sideways in it and take a beating on the one side, or go with the waves and literally have no control? 
Well, I when that happens, I'm generally on the throttle a lot more. Um, and I will take the autopilot off and just have it my boat the entire time. Um, Does that suck as compared to autopiloting? It, it sucks a little. I mean, a little bit. It's, it's, it is what it is. It's always easier going with the waves, uh, but you yeah. eventually do have to turn around and, and uh, you know, you run out of space. So, um, but you know, things about turning around in the wind uh, when you're running a trolling setup like ours, which is of course the downrun, outrun, and then our planer boards are inlines. Um, when you turn into that wind, um, I just always seem to bury the board, the inside board. Big waves make the boards go jump, jump. Yes. Yes. And then they flip flop so, on you. Well, so um, that was happening today, and I was taking, you know, when I it's take a, a, it's a, a very tight, exciting time for everybody in the boat because the rod does go. And I'm like, <laughs> it's not a fish. Yeah, that's the first thing. Everyone's jumping around. I'm like, it's not a fish. <laughs> I actually, it's me losing $80 in tackle. I'm like, it's not a fish. And they're like, okay. fish? I'm like, no, it's yeah. not a fish. They're wish, like, oh, wish. reel it in. I'm like, yeah. it's not a fish. Yeah. It's not. It, that, I'm, I, it's the third you, time I said it. You guys can relax. You, you turn around, all the rods are reeled in. And everyone's looking confused. Yeah. yeah. But the um the, the sharper the turn, uh, the more susceptible it is to bury. So you have to make like a big swooping turn. And when you do that, you are in the wave troughs for a longer period of time. Uh, yeah. You're you know pummeled. you get yeah, you get pummeled mm-hmm. with if you can understand that. The sharper the turn the board the board's going to bury so you make that adjustment to make a big swooping turn so there's always tension on that inside board and when you do that you're in these troughs and like todd said you're just getting pummeled it's hitting you know the starboard or port side and you are just those waves are crashing and crashing and crashing the boat rocks a lot the boat rocks a lot and when there's high winds that that water sprays up and just Crushes you, makes you look away. The, uh, I was enjoying the riding with the waves today for a while because I knew what was going to happen when I turned. So I took them much further down the lake. I saw Vance turn way behind me, but I was enjoying it. And when I made, when I got down so far, when I did make the turn at one point, I thought I was making a wide enough turn. And uh, one point I looked like in front of the boat, and I was like, "What in the world is that?" Floating up the It was the board on the inside turn because the wind was, I, lo- I looked up and the, the line had like it was just like laying on the water. I was like, oh that's that this is gonna be nice. Yeah. I was trying not to soak everybody. Right. And and I hope you patiently waited for the propeller to pick up all the slack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and at that point I was darn near wide open. Uh yeah, I, I I rode it. I rode a little too far. It's easy to do. That yep. happened to me today with the wind, though. Too. I I I got myself turned around at points. <laughs> yeah. With yeah. with the autopilot, because the autopilot was making these really crazy um, adjustments. Yeah, they were they were. It was making re- like you know I. I I flick the thing to turn left and right, and it's it's kind of just like, yeah, you're used to it by now, of how yeah. your your boat responds. But mm-hmm. uh, with your adjustments on your autopilot, I was flicking mine, you know, maybe like two like quick turns, yeah, and um, it, it was turned like one... me, <laughs> yeah, and it like it turned me so quickly. Mm. It's like I made a pin tight, tight turn. And that was just because the wind was pushing me wherever I wanted to go, and I'm just like, whoa, 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 whoa. like, well, there's the, there's south, there's north. I, where am I right now? <laughs> like that object that I that I look at 
a million times a day is not where I'm supposed to be. And I like got up out of my seat and was like, I'm in the twilight zone. Where the heck am I? But I was just getting blown around on the lake. It was so crazy. And another thing about the wind, uh, when you're running those inlines, so just imagine, you know, now it's time to go back into the waves. You make that big swooping turn. Um, and now you're going into the waves and you're smashing into them. Um, the wind was, those boards will, you know, skip over the waves pretty nicely. Jump up, jump up, jump up. They have a limit to them. Um, wave height and, and wind yeah. and things like that. They usually just vary. Well, mine were like getting air like it was the X Games. Mm-hmm. And I'd like interesting, yeah, and flipping, and then counteracting its port and starboard side board that it was actually supposed to be. So now my port side board uh, is not pulling away from the port, but it's actually coming into it because they were literally hitting air, flipping. And just dr- coming right back into the boat. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, that's not good. Not good. Not good. <laughs> crazy. You can really tell that, you know, we, 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 I have a people that ask a lot of questions about what we're running on the boards. Uh, and I hear people tell me, like, yeah, you know, I put such and such a bait on the board. And it was like it was dragging way behind. And. You know, you can really notice. I, I could really notice that today. I had a couple of different baits on the two boards, and those baits that were pulling harder, I had to get those off there. Mm-hmm. Like the really light pulling baits on those boards uh, make it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. You to try to it, run a wily fat body or legend perch bait off the one of those boards, which I don't do because they pull so hard. That just would not work in this wind. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. Like the light pulling baits work really well on those boards. Yeah, absolutely. I I ran halfway up that lake when I made that turn when I saw the board in front of me and everything got straightened out. I couldn't believe it how far I made it with them running, but I had changed the lures to put really light pulling baits out there. Mm-hmm. Didn't get any fish to hit it, but the troughs were. I could see the bottom at times. I saw zebra mussels in front of me. <laughs> yeah. that's crazy yeah yeah we ran the same line a lot today that's for sure because yeah. it was the only place that we could else to go. Mm-hmm. once that wind picked up yeah it was a good day yeah i mean which way was that wind coming out of the west northwest northwest yeah so most of that lake kind of has a sucky, you know, you're, 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 there's not yeah, a lot of spots to hide. That's the prevailing no. wind. And I'll tell you, that was about as hard as hiding that I could ever remember on this lake. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But, okay, so uh, the musky hunter article stuff that you read, big winds, big fish in the fall. <laughs> You know, you know how all that mm-hmm. all that oh, yeah. stuff goes. Okay. Were, were the fish jumping in the boats with this? Oh my! Yeah. yeah, probably because they were stuck in the waves, and the waves were crashing, and yeah. they were just yeah. falling into the boat. I was kicking them off the bow. Yeah, I actually there was a musky hunter uh, television show, and I mean, I, everybody's watched a musky hunter before, um, but. I look back on some of those episodes and they're like cringeworthy. <laughs> the, the one guy said like that exact thing that you, that you just said as an opener. And this is like supposed to be a big respected guy. And he was like, you know what? Big wind, big waves and <laughs> big fish. And that was like the opener. And then it went like into the thing. It's like, what are we using today? Shallow Raiders, 80-pound Power Pro, Shimano Reels, Shimano Rods. I was just like, what the hell? Why did I take that as gospel when I was like a young lad? That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. 
uh, it might work really good somewhere. That's why. <laughs> really, really insane. I was watching it the one day on the boat that that exact episode. Oh, so that's how this happens, huh? <laughs> that's how you're banging all these fish. They're crushing oh, yeah. your front hooks because you're pulling your tips. Uh, I'm, I'm pulling tips for Muskie Hunter Television. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The best. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I probably shouldn't say much because I think we tried to get that guy on or something. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the stuff is. I still watch the show if it's on, you know. But it just. I've I've never seen one. Get it, the hell out! It's of here. never been on anything that I had access to. Oh, dude, it's it's funny as hell. It is a very funny show. You should watch it. Okay. I want in particular that, that you should watch. All it, right. Well, then I, I'll have to look that up. Um, changing subjects. I got it. Well, okay. Change. Okay. Uh, what's your guys' water temp? 80. <laughs> Are you drunk? Have you been drinking? Always 80. <laughs> it's always 79.9. <laughs> no, I'm serious. What's your guys' water temp? 60 at points and then into the upper 50s. Yeah, I'm going to tell you what. This Saturday is going to be a warm, warm day, and I've been watching this like ten days out, and it's not look like it's going to change. So here in a couple days, it's going to be a warm day, and I'm like, ah, it's not typical of me to do this, but I might not take the bow out, but put the boat in my river, and I pull up my information from the geological service. And a few days ago, it hit double nicks. And I was all excited until I saw how much water's in the river. <laughs> There's none. It's empty. There's none, yeah. There's no water. Mm. Like, in my favorite fall spots at 55 degrees, I don't think I could get the boat there. I would need boots. Beca- mm. And I, I probably wouldn't even need... I wouldn't need chest waders. I definitely wouldn't need hip boots. I could probably, without sinking in the mud, I could walk up it in knee-high boots and still not get wet. I have never seen this little water, and we're approaching middle October, and there's not a, a, a significant rainfall in sight. And I'm looking, I'm like, man, do I even want to venture and try this? Or is this going to put the... You know, I'm, I'm theorizing... Well, if it's not going to spread the fish out in this area that I really like and know, it's got to put them somewhere else because they've kind of done what I think in my head is their their fall migration to you know to like their wintering holes. But mm-hmm. I, I I've never seen it like this. That's thing. That's the thing on the river. It certainly is. Yeah. So I I don't know. I was just curious. It's very it's very shallow up here as well. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm getting discombobulated all the time because I'm going to the area and I'm trying to I'm I'm looking at my step finder and the places that I've trolled through like eight thousand times. It's like they're getting shallower by the day. Yes, I don't know what's happening. It like, really screws with your like launching your the boat and you have to like it's like a foot step down now. You got to remember, we're fishing Chautauqua. This is not a reservoir. This is not like you know, Cave Run and all these places that they're they're flood control. This lake does not fluctuate much. One foot. You can see it at the state park. Where is the, trillions of gallons of water. Yeah, but one foot is a big thing. Like they're like, oh my gosh, the lake's high, and you go and I launch the boat and I'm like, that's a few inches high. <laughs> that, but that may, that means a lot here. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've seen it this low. I mean, these people, I'm getting pe- elderly people trying to get, I knew I saw a man dealing with it today. Uh, mm-hmm. Elderly people trying to get in the boat. And they're like, normally this, my boat is like sort of level with this. And now they're, they're breaking hips. 
there's a giant step yeah. to get down to the sidewall, to the gunwale of the boat. The boat They're like the boats under. are almost like going under the pieces of wood. Yes, they are. They're going under the wood yes. piers, and it's really crazy. With, with the high wind, that had to have made the one shoreline even lower. There's got to be some kind of unlevelness on on like the the wind blown side has to have a higher water. Oh, it definitely line. was. I could feel it like in when I was coming back through to the narrows coming out of that northwest and like the autopilot was on, it was overcorrecting and I turned it off and I was steering and I could feel like this current, like a surge. You know, you got a surge to the south basin. Yep. No doubt. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those weird things. Like the for me to even think about the ocean having the Gulf Stream. Just like, really, there's, what, what's it doing? So there's a big body of water, and there's like a river that pushes water up. Through there, yeah. And and to think about that in, in, in on a smaller scale, which is still enormous to myself, it's a lake, and you, you get these pinch points and stuff, and you could get a a decent current that you could probably feel it. Whether you're, you know, you're going down it, you might be like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of going fast. You're like, wow, I'm going slow the other way. You know, if it's a half mile an hour. You know, something like that. It's just it's crazy how it can bottleneck like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're certain certainly starting to feel like fall around here, where it's probably going to be freezing, and we're going to get heavy winds from either north, north or south uh, for the rest of the season up here. It's yeah. looking like a lot of south winds in the next week. Pretty stiff ones too. Yeah, that's good. I had my bimini up. I'll be blowing around like a damn sailboat. When you're going with the wind, does it like marshmallow out? Like it catches you and moves you faster? I'd say, yeah, it does. It certainly does because like I can see inside it kind of like expands, you know, mm-hmm. like a marshmallow there. Gets wind under the sails, that's for sure. But man, it's it, it's really nice on some days. Doing your your power drifting, yes. Just let it catch power you. Drift. And at, at that point, you could almost be a uh, sailboat, and you know what, an unpowered vessel or something like that, and you have the right of way. So, <laughs> set the bimini up, and I could just set a spread. Yep. No one can mess yeah. with me. I see that. I'm I'm checking out this weather. I am seeing a. Uh, a warm up here. Hmm, that's going to be comfortable. Now, okay, you guys in the fall. So we we've had some fallish weather, and then you see like what's coming up right now. You see this little warming spike that's going to happen. It's going to be cooler tomorrow, and then you're going to have a warming trend for like let's just say the next week, and you're going to have maybe ten degrees above average temperature. Do you think mm-hmm. that will? Spur the bite or suppress the bite? I think it'll make it continue, you know. Uh, I think that it will continue the bite for a longer period of time because uh, outside of last year, underneath those, you know, that double nickels that you like, we always talk about how it's really, really tough to to get a bite here in the fall. Uh, Last year was the exception for me. Um, but you know, I welcome the warmer weather, uh, all the time in the fall. It's comfortable. And I think that it keeps the water stable for a longer period of time on this lake. And it keeps the fish's metabolism up just that much longer. So Todd, have you noticed any, any major influence on a, on a warming trend in, in, you know, October? Uh, no. Like the more I get to do it, the more I realize that I have no idea what's going on. So, okay. <laughs> so, uh, the more, I, <laughs> the more I guide yeah, every day, I realize I have absolutely through. no idea yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> moon, this is going to be great. Uh, yeah, it doesn't happen. And you go out on the in between the moon phases and 
we get what would we get three fifty inches in a row on these lakes? Totally in between moon phases a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um great <laughs> advice, <yeah>. Todd. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Big front coming through. It should be great, right? Sometimes it is, sometimes it is. I can tell you this. Terrible. Grab the tube steak. (laughs) (laughs) Put it in the microwave. It'll get a little bit firmer so you can adjust the action. But I'm going to tell you, like, you know, I I, I was self-taught. Okay. I had, I I had very little aid in, in like learning how to fish for muskies. And I followed the book because that's the only thing. That's the only person I could. It's not a person. The only thing I could have talked to me. I mean, I didn't. I didn't have the the TV shows and stuff like that. And um, so I'd read it. And I'm going to tell you what I I I'll admit this. I really thought that I sucked really bad because I tried to time all my trips like the good trips. And I get really pumped when I would see like the textbook stuff, and man, yeah. would I just suck out there! I just wouldn't catch nothing. Nothing would happen the way it should, and frustration would set in, and I'd just be out there, you know, ready to throw a rope over a branch. And I, I don't know. It like I mean, I think what Todd's saying is absolutely true, but it never worked out the way I want it to work out. I mean, yeah, you, you, you plan it, you, you plan this stuff for years in advance. Like, okay, we're going to go the same weekend. We're going to do the same thing. And it, 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 more often than not, it does not end up that way. Like just go fishing. These fish do whatever they want, whenever they want. I mean, I guess that is motivation. I agree. Just go. Just go. Don't worry about, I mean, there's always more fish caught around the full moons and the new moons. And I'll admit, like, or hey, I got two weeks. I'm going to go to Canada either the second or third week of July. And I look, okay, full moon is the second week. I'll go that week. Uh, Let me play devil's advocate here. More uh-huh. fish are caught around the, the, the major moon things. Probably because there's more guys fishing. Hmm? Exactly. Yep, well said. Okay, go ahead, Todd. I interrupted you. No, no, it wasn't interrupting. Talk about the full moon, there's always big fish. I feel there's always just, every once in a while, these big fish show up around full moons. I would say more often than not, they do, but this year... Ant's got a big one on the full moon here just a couple, what, a week ago? Yeah. But other than that, our other full moons did not pan out like they did last year or the year before or the year before. Mm-hmm. Just, it was just general fishing. Mm-hmm. And you get incredible days in between. I don't know. When you get to do it every day, I don't know, man. I've heard I've seen and read it was like maybe it gives you a little bit of five percent advantage. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll take maybe. any percent I can get. Yeah. Yeah. Whether Trump's all that, but just go. I don't even you know, you don't know. Go fish. One we've fish. had some some really we've had some really weird dates that are consistent, but just Dates so like, and they have nothing to do with the moon. It's just dates. Yeah, you know, they're just dates. And that has but to yeah, be coincidental. I mean, it has to be, but it it happened like again. And, it uh, happened again. Yeah, it's just so bizarre. Well, the thing was, it almost double repeated. Like I know that it was a three a three peat, but there there might have it was so close to having like the double down. But no, I, I I did do that again. No, I'm talking about someone else. Oh, but but but, but like like Vance's time goes on, and now that there's like 
date stamps because I know the general time. Mm-hmm. Now that there's date stamps on these photos, yeah. we might be able to do that the whole entire season. Yeah, that's true. As years go by. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you remember when, the, you, yeah. when you brought that up the other day I was, and you asked about that fish, you know, didn't you catch this one? And I looked and I started scrolling through and I only have the last few years on my phone. And I found like two or three. I was like, well, here's one the day before. Here's one the day after. We could probably do that the whole entire season because we're fishing every single day. Yeah. And you put 10 years on it, but there are some really strange dates pop up. Tomorrow is my date. What? Tomorrow's the 8th, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's the date that I'll never forget just from... Was that the big uh, raptor course. fish? No, from 27 years ago, but... Okay, so that was not the raptor fish because... It was not was... the raptor fish. Was because I was 10. I was 9, actually. Yeah. yeah. It's just a date I always remember, you know? Mm-hmm. Always try to fish that day. What, um... What was, do you have, do you remember the date of your big fish? Was that November? No, it was October. Like the biggest yeah. one, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember if it was 16 or 18. I got to go home and look on my computer. We were trying to figure that out. But, yeah, we were yeah. trying to figure that out. I'm going to just two days ago. In trying to figure it out, I was like, no, but there's this one and this one and this one. <laughs> like one, one the day before, one the day after. Mm-hmm. I'm looking on no, my I phone don't. right now. I might have it for you guys. Give me a second. I thought it was the 14th when Todd got his super anchor. I'm guessing 16, but 16, 17, 18, somewhere right there. But <clears throat> I'm scrolling through 9 million photos that I just can't Gosh. seem to delete. Okay. It's terrible. Yeah, but I don't know. And musky fishing is a strange, strange sport to get into. I have it dated on my phone October 17th at 9.15 a.m. That's it. 17, that's what I thought. 16, 16, 17. That was approaching six years ago. Yeah. 2014, I know that. Yep. And we had a date that happened, what, two days ago, Vance? Vance caught, no, yesterday. Mm -hmm. Vance got his super tanker, and I was asking about that, but I sent him the one of the first raptor fish. When when we were just sort of getting to know each other, and we were working on the baits together, Andy, and I was like, I got a nice one on a raptor. I'm scrolling back. I don't know. That was 2000. That was in 12. I'm gonna look. That was on the 5th. I'm looking. I might have that fish. It was on the 5th. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think I have it. I try to keep those ones. I don't. This is making for some very riveting podcast material right here. Yeah, yeah. We're looking through. It's terrible. We're, we're looking through old photos and stuff, but I guess that's the way we're like trying to, dinners and campfires yeah, are anymore is people looking at their phones. Trying to tell people just to go fishing. If you're excited <sighs> and you want to go, you just never know. Say right now because I have it on my phone. I click on it now. <laughs> Big giant fish time. Well, that's why so they call it fall go. fall fatties. Yes, dang right. Dang right. Um, but they're fat. They're well fed. Yeah. Now, in that big giant wind, and like Todd brought this up, his kicker was floored. Was there ever an option just to fire up the big motor and kick it in gear? That's always an option. I mean, it, did it yeah. cross your mind if if it's that hard for the kicker? If the kicker's dropping you to one mile an hour heading into the wind, you sometimes need the extra little oomph. I used well, to you do could, it a lot. 
I, I used to do it a lot with the Lund, but I haven't done it that much because you know we have twenties now or fifteens or twenties. Mm-hmm. Lund had the nine nine, and that, there were times that I had to have it floored. Mm-hmm. I don't have to have it floored right now. Okay, so I mean, you were able to chug through it. I was just like, yeah, I don't know. For me, it's really hard to give up the the handling and the thrust of the big motor. Mm-hmm. It's nice when I turn the wheel; it turns. I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah that 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 does it does respond incredibly well. Really digs mm-hmm. when you're using that bigger motor. I mean. I wasn't buried. It's just the gusts that got you. Yeah. You know, they, they just come up out of nowhere. And I went back to reeling some weeds and I heard the, the thing going, eh, and I looked up and I was like, oh, I'm doing 1.5 right now. Mm-hmm. And that sound that Todd made was the autopilot trying to correct. That was the autopilot trying to correct. And mm-hmm. it was like when we catch a fish and sometimes you like back the throttle down, you're trying to get a lure out of your side. <laughs> it happened to Vance today. Um, yeah. Or you're trying to do something and it's like going rant, 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 rant. And then, you know, you just jump up and hit standby. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that wind it, actually. It, it's nice to turn it off and grab the wheel. And I've been doing that a lot more. Mm-hmm. I do it a lot more when it's windy. Yeah, absolutely. But it's really nice to be able to just turn it on and go back and clear six poles and, uh, does the thought Absolutely. does the thought cross your mind just to say screw the boards in that wind and just run four? I pulled mine at one point today. Yeah, I couldn't run them anymore. I did as well. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be proud. Run four. Yeah. Don't you can catch them with two. Yeah. Just I say, mean, uh, we. I was clearing lines today, and this, um, the people were struggling with reeling this fish in, and. That wind caught me when I was reeling in. That lure came flying up out of the water, and it hooked me in my side. <laughs> and the the fish was like ready to go. Uh, so I just said, "Screw it!" I grabbed the net and was like crawling in front of this kid reeling in this really nice Chautauqua muskie. And I had a lure and a rod that was reeled up to the islet, uh, connected to me. Mm-hmm. While I was net, while I was netting this fish, it was crazy. So you had a safety line on you, in case you oh, fell yes. in. Mm-hmm. And that was all because of the wind. I I was reeling in, it hit the trough of a wave. I pulled up like I normally do, but the wind just blew this lure into me very very fast. I was just like, shit, shit, dang it, you know, what am I gonna do? Did the net oh, get hooked it. on the rod holder? Uh, one point, yeah. Makes for interesting. <laughs> Makes for very interesting things. I've had some uh, pretty interesting net jobs recently. Uh, it just there's so many fishing stories I could tell, but um, the one fifty from like whatever couple ago, I went to net it, and I completely pulled the pieces apart like the the loop and the pole the, okay so so the net hoop itself and the yeah. handle you separated them to now yeah, you have two like, pieces on guard you know <laughs> so you got your shield is the hoop <laughs> i was like oh my god i was like we are screwed and there's this big giant fish on there i'm like oh. what did you do? go for it and like you were hoop. panning for gold you held my, held it two hands and like give me well, your that that uh that that crossed my mind. Like I, I looked in my left hand, I was like, okay, I could double hand. I can do this. And, I, and then I looked at, and I looked at my right hand, and I saw the like gold f- fray brill thing, and I was like, I should just connect it. <laughs> I could just club it. I was like, uh, yeah, I should probably try to reconnect this. And I and, and I went with the reconnection method. So, but you actually had that like battle in your brain, gold. like works well yeah. as a club dance. You could stun them. I know. I sort of can do just it. But... Get a rope around its tail and let the buoy. Oh yeah, fight it. Absolutely, but that that happened. 
That was insane. All that stuff goes through your mind so fast. And, uh, it's in those tense moments where the adrenaline is going and, and you know, you're desperately want you're lusting over this fish so much. The decisions that you'll make don't make sense. Like only in that moment does it make sense in your head to be like, yes, I am going to be a prospector here and pan for muskies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I could just see that going horribly wrong. Yeah, I mean, you would have just been better like, off to like. And I gotcha, and like I could have slipped and been like, ah, oh god. You, you, like, I'm like you were a kid, and you used the pillowcase as a parachute as you jumped off. Hence, being <laughs> the pillowcase being the net, and you jump and like slam dunk over the fish. Like <laughs> it said, it, it didn't go this way in my brain, but <laughs> here I am, no fish. And wet, and the bag is hooked onto the bait, and I'm looking up at disappointed clients. That's exactly I I, how it would be. I think I kept saying, not good, not good, not good. I thought you would have just reached for the backup net that was probably within, you know, an arm's length away. Nah, it's in the truck. The funny thing was, the client, like, locked eyes with me when that happened i was like oh what are you doing and you transferred Crap. the panic right to <laughs> him <laughs> it, like, what would you have done if the, if he would have turned and his eyes got big and he said is this your first time <laughs> as you're holding two pieces like look what i just did <laughs> yeah. did you know i'm strong <laughs> check this out hiya yeah, it was that was crazy. But I I uh, I, I acted quick, man. I, I got it back in there, and and, and we netted the fish. So <sighs> it was just crazy. Got it done. Get her done, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, Todd, do you ever uh, get so excited you rip your net apart like the Hulk? That's it. That's happened. But <laughs> but okay. <laughs> no, I've, heard, I've heard stories of it that I yeah. <laughs> I've never done that. Oh jeez, man! I'm it's like that problems. Yeah, I mean, you just you have a history of issues with nets. I've had mm. I, I've had problems. I got one hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Never flipped apart. Yeah, I've got problems. Yeah. <laughs> just ask me. I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, it's the best. Oh, geez, it's we're getting tired. Yeah, I, I know. At one point, I remember a story with Dale Wiley when he was fishing with a friend and uh, up at the Coors Lakes, and Dale had this big fish on, and his uh, this guy we, we we called him the Big Indian. Uh, <laughs> so, so the Big Did Indian. He, is is there a story <laughs> you can tell about how he got that name? Yeah, he was a big Indian. <laughs> <laughs> It was a big Indian, and 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 uh, <laughs> they were over by the blind channel, and they went to ex- and, and Dale's got the fish on. He turns around, and looks, and the guy went to like extend the thing, and when he, you know, you you hit the little button, popped it, that falls in the water. He's standing there holding that pole, like the handle. Please tell me he. Please tell me he he pretended like it didn't happen. He was like prepped to be like, yeah. "Where's the rest of your net, Dale? I'm ready." Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a fifty inch fish. Dale turns around, like, "What the heck?" You know. <laughs> <laughs> and he's standing there holding the pole, and they had to like hand land the thing. It was before Boger grips, or they probably gaffed it right through the head. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how they got it in, but yeah, yeah. that was always a story that. 
the big Indian was standing there holding the pole, looking at Dale, and like shrugged his shoulders, like, "Sorry, man." <laughs> that um, is a great nickname. The 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 uh, the gaffing. I remember when I was younger, going through my dad's fishing stuff, and there was a gaff in some of this fishing stuff, and it was in the ice fishing equipment. And of course, as a kid, you're always intrigued to things like that are sharp. And oh yeah. I was really drawn to that. And at one time I asked him, what, what do you do with that? And he, he talked about, and like for the longest time, this is what I thought you used a gaff for was when the fish would get near the hole, you hook them in the side. And I just took that as like, okay, that's what you do. And then as I got older, I'm like, how do you get a big fish through the hole when you hook it through the middle hook of the it back? The side. <laughs> yeah. And it was only yeah. until like, I don't even know how long ago it was. But when people see a gaff, it when used properly, it is not that bad of a landing tool. When, when you get it in the bottom jaw in that soft fleshy, and you hook them, it it's not a horrible thing. I mean, yeah, you put a hole in it, but what did the hooks just do? Yeah. What what did the net just do to the tail? And you know, granted, the way we used to land them a long time ago, like we're not going to put it in a net. We'll just them with a gaff you didn't put it up through the gills you didn't hook them through the side of the head you'd put in that little thing you'd pick them up get them unhooked sort of like the way we use the boga right now yeah you go in the bottom jaw that fleshy skin part not the actual trophy that todd wants so badly um yeah. <laughs> you, you hook it there now the only thing that it doesn't really have is should it gator roll you kind of have to loosen your grip i guess mm-hmm. but I mean that that's like you when to, you to, and you have to place it properly. You can't be all excited like, oh my gosh, I gotta get this fish in this picture. But yeah, they're very outdated. They're outdated, but I I also think that that just the, the look of it, a sharp giant hook, it's kind of yeah. ironic that people are like, Oh, that's no place on the boat. Only these yeah. smaller sharp metal hooks and three uh-huh. of them per bait, if three sharp metal hooks per hook is acceptable we need nine on this bait not one watching the the fishing shows and when you go fishing in the ocean i mean they do use the gaff like here comes your tuna or your dolphin or whatever and dolphin you just hunker down and stick it in the side wherever you can yeah we used to use a little gaff a small i mean it wasn't even that you know it was Really didn't put much more of a puncture wound than than the hooks, as Andy just said. And uh, you just mm-hmm. I'm not advocating him, put it in there and get them unhooked. Yeah, I'm not advocating for the return of the gaff. No, but <laughs> no, but but, no. but but the old timers that still have a gaff and a gaff and and no big landing net. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not going to be the guy that has to go and get on my soapbox and explain how you know that's bad. Um, I still cringe it when I see people holding even pike by the eyes. No, yeah, that's rough. Like that's how you do it is you you squeeze the eyes. Oh, I had a guy just talking about that the other day. Like, don't you pick them up by the eyes? Well, we had one in the net, and I was like, yeah, that's not really very good for him. <laughs> I used to pick them up by the eyes right before we filleted them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how did that start? I mean, I mean, obviously, I don't think any of us really know, but like, at what point was it just, oh, this is a soft spot that your fingers can sink in? That yeah. Something like it subdued them or something, like they fall asleep or... I don't know. I, yeah, I, I heard yeah. something yeah. like that. They become blind. Yeah. But they all used to talk about, yeah, that, yeah, they get really subdued when you poke them in the eyes and pick them up that way. It's like, that's because they can't see anymore. And it probably <laughs> hurts them. It it probably yeah. induces like physical pain, and they're just like, I don't like this. But yeah, I I remember seeing a guy pick up a pike out of out of a local lake here, and he reached down, he squeezed the eyes, and he picked the thing. I'm like, what? What are you doing? Oh. <laughs> and Andy, I could send you some pictures of me uh, back in the day, like standing by the flight table holding two of them by the eyes. Well, th- those those make for the best photos because the fish is always held in a natural position that seems nice. correct. It's horizontal hold, yeah. Right before we're going to cut them up. Uh, 
I can envision this picture. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what I think it looks like. Then you don't get your hand up in the gill and get all raked up. You know, you've already killed it. So I think it's gonna be black mm-hmm. and white, or like a really horrible color photo. Todd's gonna be wearing red shorts, have like a Bass Pro Shop trucker's cap on. And oh, for whatever reason, I think that there's going to be a candy cigarette hanging out of his mouth, holding one fish in each hand. That's what I'm thinking of in a picnic table with probably a bunch of bees waiting for him to fillet these. I'm looking at that picture thinking I limited out that day, too. <laughs> you were the cool dude. Not my limit. Punched your ticket. Punched the ticket. Limit up. And then you got to, you know, eat them. Which made you even stronger for the next day's limit. Oh, yeah. Ready for another couple. It's hilarious. Let's go. Small fish. Yeah. All right. Another show about nothing. Um, Do you guys have anything more to add? Mm -mm. Perfect. Next week, we're going to have some scientists on. Hopefully. It's going to be good. Hopefully, we've been having a very bad string of guests not connecting well. Let's just say that much. So, so we have these awesome shows that are very riveting. But anyways, we're going to end this one right here. So enjoy the warmer weather coming up. Good luck fishing. Good luck hunting. Thanks for listening. Oh, I got to hit plugs. Big thanks to Fatty Z Musky Products, Muddy Creek Fishing Guide, St. <laughs> Croix Rods, Ranger Boats, Vix Marine, and Muskies Inc. Now I can tell everyone good luck. Hey, thanks for listening. <laughs>